Hydriva mofos, you're probably aware that I've been working flat out on our social media presence to try to expand our community of Driva mofos globally. I've been posting tons of free content to keep you inspired, driven, and working towards your goals. So if you haven't already followed and subscribed to all my social media channels, please make sure you do so as I post different content on different platforms. The links are available in the description of this podcast down below. Pleasure is the ultimate trap that most people chase, but it's also the reason why most people never really get to where they want to get to in life, nor do they ever feel the emotions that they're really wanting to feel. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I talk about the many lessons, learnings, and tools that I've learned along my journey from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to rich listers, successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, and more, all while running business and personal performance events for tens of thousands of people who want to get the best out of themselves and their lives. This is my way of helping more people to excel in life, build successful empires, and be the best that they can be. I hope you share and enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to discuss some of the ancient philosophies around pleasure and why pleasure is the ultimate trap for most people in life and why most people never really get what they want. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute and Mojo Business Multiplier. The reason why I do these episodes is that most people waste their life, and I just don't want you to be one of them. All right, let's talk about pleasure. It is the ultimate trap in life. And I never realized this until I went back and I was creating some work on a program that I used to run called The Mental Accelerator. This was many, many, many years ago. Now there's a million other accelerators out there, but they're not our courses. But what I ended up coming across was I started looking into ancient Greek philosophy and there was this idea around something that they called the eight evil thoughts. Now, this ended up linking into the seven deadly sins of Christianity. And what they spoke about was either eight thought processes that will essentially destroy your life. Now, the Christians took that and made it into the seven deadly sins. What that really means is that these seven deadly sins are things that humans chase that then keep them trapped. Now, one of those ideas is the idea that pleasure is not so pleasurable. And this is a lot of what I teach now in our Thrive Time event, and sometimes even in Business Growth Odyssey as well, because pleasure is the ultimate trap. It's sort of like the really, really sexy woman or sexy man or sexy person, whatever you find sexy, but the sexy person that's crazy. There's part of you that wants the sexy person, but at the same time, you know they're going to destroy and damage your life. This idea is something that's really, really important in regards to life because as humans, we have to decide whether we want to live with inspiration or we want to live chasing pleasure. Now, pleasure normally leads back to pain and pain then forces us to seek pleasure. So if you've had a week where you can't wait for the weekend, what you'll find is that when problems rock up and this chaos happens in your life, you start getting more and more frustrated, you get more upset, you get more angry. And normally anger is a byproduct of trying to chase something that's pleasurable and not getting it. And so you get angry or you get frustrated. Like if you think that business is going to be easy because that's going to be your pleasure state that you're going to get into. When business doesn't run easy, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get angry. You're going to start snapping at people. You know, if you've got kids and you expect them to be quiet all the time and then they're not quiet, you're going to get angry or you're going to get frustrated with them. So these emotions come up because essentially humans are chasing this pleasurable state or this pleasurable idea. You know, I was on the phone yesterday and I was talking to a business owner, very entrepreneurial type person. And they said, do you know, I just want to make enough money so that then I don't have to worry about money anymore. And I said, it's never going to work like that. And here's the reason why. Because things in nature grow or die. 
things expand or things contract. And my question to this person was, do you want your money to keep growing or do you want it to contract? Do you want it to keep expanding or do you want it to contract? Do you want it to die off? And they said, well, no, I want to keep my money expanding and I want to keep it growing. And I said, if that's the case, then you need to have stress and pressure. Pressure creates expansion, stress creates growth. So do you want to create greater wealth? And that's the goal, which then means that you need stress and pressure to keep that wealth expanding and growing? Or do you want an easy life, which is the pleasureful, hedonic version of life, where everything's going to be easy, you're going to get rid of stress, but then you're going to stop growing in that area? Now, this is part of the delusion, right, is that we can chase the pleasure, but we're going to get the pain. And so a lot of people think that when they have this crazy, magical idea of financial freedom, then everything's going to be easy. But what happens is most people, when they get excess in money, they just destroy it all. And I'm sure that everyone who's listened to this ends up getting a pay rise or you get a bonus or you end up saving cash. And then you look at your bank account and you go, "Ooh, I can buy some stuff or you plan a holiday and then things pop up and you end up blowing all your cash and you go around in circles. This is a really shitty way of living. And most people live like that. I watched my grandparents on my dad's side do that, where every time they would just get ahead financially, they would blow their cash and they would end up broke again, struggling and paying the bills and living week to week. I saw my other grandparents who lived pretty frugally, where they were really, really tight. They very rarely spent money on anything. My grandfather on that side of the family retired when he was 50. So the day he turned 50 or the week he turned 50 was the day he retired. And then they've lived off of the share market ever since, but they live super tight as well. My grandmother, not so much anymore. My grandfather passed away a few years ago now. Yeah, my grandmother lives pretty comfortably. She travels around the world still. When I try and call her, she's always traveling or she's always doing something. Why? Because they made different decisions. She wasn't chasing pleasure. They were chasing fulfillment. They were chasing something that's really important to them. And they were doing things that were inspiring to them. Getting ahead financially was inspiring to them. And they knew that it came with both pleasure and pain. Most people don't realize that growth comes with pleasure and pain. You know, I was speaking to another business owner last week and, you know, he said to me, I want to grow my business. And I've spoken to this person multiple times. And then when it came time to make a decision as to whether he really wanted to grow the business, and that was to join us for Business Growth Odyssey, he just couldn't make a decision. He was just stuck because he had this idea of, I want life to be easy. I want to be comfortable. I want to be financially free. But at the same time, I don't really want any more stresses. I don't really want any more problems. I just want to be comfortable. I want to cruise in life. And so because of that, he couldn't make a decision because subconsciously or unconsciously in his own mindset, he knew that if he took the grow side, that it would lead to more pressure and more stress and he would have to deal with more problems. But on the other hand, he wants to be financially free and have financial independence and be able to travel and do you know, all the things that he wants to do. He wants to be able to lead by example in his family. So he's just caught in this chaos and he doesn't know how to make a decision. So he just stalls everything. And most people stall decision-making because they know that growth is going to create pressure and it's going to create stress, but they want the outcome of growth. They just don't want to grow. They also want what comes with pleasure without realizing the impact of pleasure is that the byproduct is it creates pain. So if you think about any time that you've used drugs, I'm not sure if anyone has used drugs on here or, or not. I personally never have, but I've drunk a lot of alcohol over the years. From what I've seen is that if you use drugs, you're going to get the pleasure. You're going to get the high. After that, you get the come down and the low. Now, if you're not prepared for the low or the come down, then you're just going to get it anyway. And so a lot of people want the high without the low. You know, there are a lot of people out there right now who are gambling. Gambling rates are going up as far as I can see at the moment statistically. So people want the shortcut to wealth creation or they want the excitement of winning, but they don't want the downfalls of losing. Now, the high highs 
also come with the low lows. So if you want to get caught in that lifestyle, you can keep chasing money and you can keep chasing the shortcuts and the short wins. This is why Bitcoin and crypto was so popular because people wanted shortcuts, they wanted quick wins. And now there are a lot of people out there who have lost a lot of money and it's teaching them that there's an upside and a downside. Now, there are definitely people out there who have made a lot of money. Maybe they were smart enough to get in early. Maybe they were smart enough to get out. I'm not sure. Most people who invested in crypto, especially in the last couple of years, normally will lose money. Why? Because when you chase quick wins, when you chase easy wins, and when you chase the pleasure, you are definitely going to experience the pain at some point. And even for those who made a lot of money, they still have the pain of having to pay tax on it. They have to make sure they've got legal structures set up. They've got to set up accounting structures because if not, eventually they'll lose it again. And this is what happens in business. If you want to grow your business, you really have to understand that it comes with downsides and it comes with negatives and it comes with growth. You know, I have a lot of people who see me in my supercar or something like that, and they'll say, you're so lucky, or, you know, it must be pretty cool to have a supercar. I want to have a supercar one day. Well, that's cool, but are you prepared to work for it? Last week, I had two weeks of straight work. I had a client that flew over before I had a three-day speaking gig with Business Growth Odyssey. I spent two days with them. Then I had another person ring me up and say, hey, look, I need some help at the moment. Can I come down? So I booked them in Monday and Tuesday, which were supposed to be my day off. And then now I've got a full week worth of work again. I sort of got half of Wednesday off, but it's quite hard work. You don't get the upside without the downside. The faster you realize that, it pulls you into the question, what would I love to do? What problems would I love to take on in life? What challenges do I want? Now, if you want to build a business and you want to build an empire, then from there, you've got the challenges of dealing with people. You've got to take on all the challenges of learning a lot because you've got to learn a lot really, really quickly. You've got to learn sales, marketing, branding, people management, leadership, finances. You've got to learn a whole bunch of these different areas in order to grow and scale your business. Then from there, you have to then learn how to play the political game in your own business, which is you've got to learn how to massage people's shoulders even when they piss you off or frustrate you. You've got to learn how to get the best out of people. You've got to go out and learn how to network. You still have to do taxation, accounting. And the more money you make, the harder it gets because the more you've got to set up different legal structures and accounting structures because someone else is going to want to try and take that cash off of you. So business doesn't get any easier. It just gets more challenging or you have different types of challenges and different types of problems. When you're aware of this, you can go out there and tackle the problems that are really important and really inspiring to you. And then from there, you just do your thing. That's why a lot of people ask me, they're like, are you happy? I don't know. I don't even think about happiness because if I'm chasing happiness, that comes with the byproduct of unhappiness. And so I'm going to go back over some of the seven deadly sins and just talk about some of these because I think that chasing pleasure is probably one of the most stupidest things that people do and they'll get trapped in it. Now, little kids do that. Little kids want happiness without unhappiness. They want to do exciting stuff. And that's why they'll eat lollies, have a high, and then they crash and burn and melt down and then they'll get sad and start crying. That's essentially an adult. Most adults are exactly the same. They don't realize it. You know, if on Friday afternoon, your goal is to go to the pub, drink some drinks, gamble on the dogs, then that comes with a downside. You know, on Saturday, you're going to have less money than what you had on Friday afternoon. You're going to have probably lower energy, more fatigue. Eventually, you're going to start having physiological issues as well with your hormones. You're going to have physiological issues with pain in your body. All of these things are byproduct of the choices that you've made throughout your life. So how you want to live comes down to how you want to tackle problems within your own life. What are the challenges that you want to take on and how do you expect to live? And then are you prepared for the challenges that come with that? I was recently speaking at Business Growth Odyssey and I said from a young age, I wanted to be able to fly in business class. I wanted to be able to stay in five and six star hotels when I travel. I like eating nice food, so I want to go out and be able to spend $100, $150 on a steak when I choose to. That's how I want to live. I want to be able to drive supercars, live in a nice house. I want to be able to associate with different types of people all around the world. 
I want to have friends who ring me up and say, hey, do you want to come to the other side of the world to hang out for a week? Or do you want to go to Monaco for the Grand Prix? Or whatever it is. And I want to be able to do that. That, for me, I feel like I'm maximizing life and I get to do things that I love to do, which is travel, teach, hang out with cool people, do cool things, really experience life at a high level. But what I didn't realize was that that comes with downsides. And so I worked really, really hard, started getting ahead financially, and then I blew my cash on stupid shit. So I learned a heap of different lessons. The same as when I was young, I started investing in shares when I was 19 and 20. I made some good money. I made some good choices. Now, when I say good money, it was like 10 or 15 grand back in the day from like $2,500, which was a good return within 12 months. But my friend said to me, do you want to come to Thailand with us? And I'd just gone through a relationship breakup. You know, that old chestnut where you go through a relationship breakup and then you just go and blow your cash. So I ended up taking my money out, went to Thailand, ran a mark, partied. I just went crazy for a good six to 12 months and I blew my cash. So what it taught me was you can't have that upside without that downside. I didn't realize back then I was learning a very hard lesson in a very hard way so that I'd never forget it. So if we want to live an inspiring life, we have to be aware of some of these things which are called the seven deadly sins in Christianity or the eight evil thoughts. So here are some of the different ideas that they spoke about. So what they said is that we want to stay away from hedonism. And what hedonism is, is overindulgence. So when someone becomes hedonic, they want to overindulge. So they don't want to just spend a little bit of money. They want to go to excess. Or they don't want to drink. They want to go to excess. They don't want to eat. They want to go to excess. So when we're hedonic, we have things in excess. Now, I've seen people before who make billions of dollars. They take that money, they sell off their company, and then they go, I don't know what I want to do with life, but I think I want to go to a private island, hang out with a whole bunch of amazing, sexy women, drink alcohol, and party. So they do that, but then what happens is they start blowing all their cash. As they blow their cash, they realize that sitting around drinking, being with prostitutes, taking drugs, and drinking is fun, but it's only fun for a little while, and it becomes very boring. Then they start losing their confidence. They start losing their self-worth. They start losing their self-respect. And over time, you just watch them wilt away. So what you might find is that those people eventually they'll get to a point where they go, this isn't what I really want. And they go back and they start another business and they have that fun period of time for a while, but they realize it's very mentally and emotionally destructive. And so they'll go back and they'll build something else. For others, they'll essentially just destroy their own life. So they become a drug addict, they become an alcoholic. And you see this in Hollywood. People work really, really hard. They push themselves. They have this big goal of becoming a Hollywood celebrity and they work really, really hard for it. But eventually they start making a lot of money and then they get into drugs, they get into alcohol, they start having relationship problems, you know, they start overindulging in sex and so on. And now their life falls apart. And you'll see this happen quite a lot. That's why drug rehab in Hollywood is quite common. Why? Because of hedonism. It's an overindulgence. They can have whatever they want and they get whatever they want. The same thing can happen in sports or anywhere where there's a lot of money. So the goal is not to overindulge. We can indulge a little bit, but it comes with a downside. Now you can have a little bit of indulgence, like eating that little bit of chocolate. You might have to exercise a little bit harder. So therefore, the pleasure and the pain sort of match out. But when you go too far and you overindulge for six months and you're overeating, then now you've got three to six months, maybe 12 months of exercising in order to lose that weight. And so you've got to suffer for six to 12 months in order to burn off the weight that maybe you had over a couple of months. If you drink too much, all of a sudden that'll capture you because you want to keep drinking or drugs as well. And so that overindulgence will eventually mean that you'll destroy your life to a point where you can make a better decision and then grow out of it. And this is why anytime I've worked with someone who has had substance abuse, the first thing that I do is get them really, really clear with their values, their life purpose, and their mission. 
Because once you do that and you help them to start to balance out their emotional states, they're off. They start to build their self-worth, their self-love, their self-respect, their self-confidence, their self-belief, and then they start taking on bigger challenges. They start getting bigger awards, but now they're more balanced about it. So it's probably the number one step to achieving great things. That's why I don't like the normal addiction model where they get told that they're an addict. It's a disease. It's not. It's a choice. It's a decision that people make. People decide to take drugs and people decide to drink alcohol. And those decisions can sometimes capture somebody because of the need and the want to keep chasing a pleasureful experience, either to get rid of the pain or to remove the pain that they're in. But because of that, it creates a pleasure pain cycle and they just keep going around in circles. They need to have something that's bigger. They need to have something that's more fulfilling to move into. If not, they'll just keep going around in circles. We've had plenty of people who have had drug, alcohol, sex problems, relationship issues, business problems come to our Thrive Time event. And once they realize that they have a bigger mission in life, a greater purpose, they're clear on their values so they can make better decisions. They understand what lifestyle balance looks like and they start to balance themselves out mentally and emotionally with the tools that we teach, like our POP process, then all of a sudden they're back on track and they're driving towards something that's fulfilling and they achieve a lot more. And look, I've been through this as well, not with drugs, but I have with alcohol. And I used to drink and get absolutely obliterated. And then I would wake up the next morning claiming to myself that I was never going to drink again. And then the next second I'm drinking again later that night because my friends ring me up and they say, do you want to go out? And off I go again. And you just get trapped in this cycle where drinking is pleasurable, not realizing that the pain comes from the hangover. It's obvious when you talk about it, but it's not when you're in the moment. And so I just needed something bigger to work towards in life. Now I don't really drink a lot because I've got a bigger purpose. I've got a bigger mission. I'm trying to achieve something here and I'm prepared to work for it. I actually really enjoy work. I really enjoy putting the effort because I'm doing something that's purposeful. And I know every day I'm building my skill set and I'm building my mindset. And that's what I really love. I really love the fact that I'm becoming more competent in life and also that I'm becoming more competent in my mindset. And I have a mindset and emotional states that are probably stronger than most people's. So every day I'm working towards that. I'm getting better and better as an individual. And for me, that's really inspiring. But it's also very challenging as well. It's very cool. So hedonism is one of the seven deadly sins. The other one is sloth, so laziness. You know, when most people work during the week in order to have the weekends off and they go, I'm just going to sit around and not do much this weekend or I'm going to go hang out with my friends, have a look what happens. Most people when they're lazy become super destructive and they just don't realize it. They don't realize that sloth is one of the seven deadly sins. And that's because when you sit around and you don't have something purposeful and fulfilling to do, you are going to create pain. You're going to fuck up your life. You know, people on holidays drink more. People on holidays eat more. People on holidays tend to use more drugs and party and do stuff they, they're not normally used to doing. Why? Because it's not purposeful. They're off track. If you're not consistently pushing yourself and growing and trying to achieve things and grinding it out, not that you should grind it out to the point of excessive pain or struggle or sacrifice, but to the point where you're doing something that's meaningful within your own life and you're taking on challenge and, and you're creating that stress and pressure, then you will drop into laziness. So a lot of people drop into laziness and don't realize that it's self-destructive. If you want to destroy your confidence, just be lazy for too long. If you want to destroy your self-worth, drop into laziness for too long. Now, if you have a look, most Australians are talking about a four-day work week. If you have a four-day work week, that's three days to fuck up your life instead of two. Most people are super productive Monday to Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, that's where they become unproductive and overindulged. They go back into that hedonic cycle. So they overindulge in things. It's absolutely ridiculous to think that life's going to be better and more pleasurable if you have less work. The work is the fun. If you haven't watched the movie Air, which is about Michael Jordan and Nike and how they got that shoe deal, it's a wild movie. I really enjoyed it. Now, I had other people who told me that it wasn't really that good, but when I watched it, I thought it was brilliant. 
because it showed me the mindset behind different individuals throughout their own life with what they were trying to create and what they were trying to do. Now, the owner of Nike said he was sitting on the couch and he said something along the lines of, now I've got to go back and get this quote because it was absolutely brilliant and I'm probably going to watch the movie again this weekend. What he spoke about, he was sitting on the couch and he said, do you know most people think that the outcome is the goal when the goal is the work? And he said the most pleasure is created from the work, not the outcome itself or something along those lines. And he was 100% right. So Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, got it. The work is the fulfilling part. Putting in the effort is the fulfilling part. Working hard is the enjoyable part. It's not the after effects. The after effects are a byproduct of the hard work that you put in. When you realize that the hard work is the enjoyment, like if you go to the gym, training is actually the fun part. Afterwards, you'll feel good, but the fun part is pushing yourself. It's saying, I can't do any more reps, and you get out two more. That's where your self-worth gets built. That's the enjoyable part. Waking up in the morning going, I can't be bothered going to the gym, and saying to yourself, shut up, brain. And then now you're in the car driving to the gym, and you walk in the front door of the gym. That's the fun part. Why? Because that's where we grow. That's where we build the most amount of self-worth, self-love, self-respect, self-confidence, self-belief. That's where we get better. It's not the end product. Yet most people chase the end product. They want the goal without the work. You know, they want the ease and the comfort and the simplicity, but that's the laziness. That's the sloth within us. And that's the head fuck that we all have to deal with all the time, where there is part of us that wants the overindulgence, where we go, life would be easy if we just got to sit around and drink and party and take drugs and not have the pressure of work or drink alcohol or have enough money where we can just spend it. If you live like that, that's hedonism. That's where you destroy your life. Very few people ever get to that place and actually enjoy it. Hey Driven Mofos, if you ever want to have the video version of this podcast, which usually has more effects, visuals, graphs, and helps you to retain more of the information that I share, then check out my YouTube channel. I also share bonus in-depth training behind the scenes from some of our live events, plus interviews from some of the country's most successful people. So if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, then check it out via the link in the description of the podcast. Remember to subscribe to get the latest stuff. If you have a look at people like the Richard Bransons, the Bill Gates, the Elon Musk, they're still working for a reason, probably because they've made enough money at some point within their own life. And they've got there, had a bit of hedonism and gone, this is shit. It just destroys myself. It destroys my life. It comes with these negative downsides. They've probably made enough money where they've been lazy. And when they sit down there and they're lazy, they start feeling like shit because they know that it destroys their self-worth, their self-love, or their self-respect, their self-confidence, and so on. So be careful about laziness and sloth and overindulgence. The other one is excess, so they call that gluttony. So when we have an excess of anything, that is gluttony. So when we have an excess of money, we tend to become gluttonous and we blow it. This is why people will work really, really hard, start getting ahead, and then they go back to being broke. Why? Because when they have excess, they blow it to go back to the point where they grow. So if you're not managing your growth, life will force you to grow. So if you're getting just ahead and then you end up blowing your cash again, it's normally because you've got excessive cash. You don't have a reason to keep making it. If you say something like, I wanna have a million dollars of shares, then what you'll do is you'll keep working hard towards it and you'll keep pushing yourself and you'll keep growing it. But once you get a million dollars of shares in your share portfolio, then you wanna reset that goal and go to 10 million. Because if you don't have a reason to keep growing, you'll have a reason to destroy it. Life is gonna force you to grow. So either you're going to grow and you're going to take on the challenge and the pressure and, and the stress because you're growing towards your goals, 
or life, mother nature, God, the universe, whatever you want to call that energy, that power, whatever the fuck it is of why humans exist in the first place is going to force us to grow because everything in nature that doesn't grow dies. So if we're not growing, we are dying. And most people just don't know that they are killing their goals. They are killing their results. They are killing their self-worth. They are killing their self-love, their self-respect. They're killing all those parts of themselves by chasing pleasure all the time instead of realizing the work itself is the goal. This is why you've heard successful people before say that if you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life again. Now, that doesn't mean you'll never work another day in your life because you are going to work. I love working. I love working. I love going to the gym. I love exercising. I love spending time with people and pushing them to grow. That's all work but I do it because I really love it. So I don't really see work as being this grind like it was back when I was a diesel mechanic. My alarm would go off in the morning and I'm like, shit, I've got to go back and I've got to do this again. And even my language there is I've got to versus now my alarm went off this morning at five o'clock in the morning and boom, I was out of bed and I'm ready to rock and roll. I just get straight up and I get straight into work. You know, the first thing that I'm doing this morning is recording this podcast. Why? Because I love to do it. I love getting up and taking on that challenge and I love seeing what the world has for me today, what challenges I'm going to take on how I'm going to push myself because I know that that's where the growth is coming from. And I've learned over the years that the more I push myself, the more I want to keep pushing myself because I want to see what I can do in life. And that's the fun part. But gluttony is that excess. So going back over some of these, hedonism is an overindulgence. You've got laziness, which they call sloth. So sloths are lazy. Then you've got gluttony, which is excess. Then we also come into greed. So greed, again, is it's an overexcess. When we're greedy, we tend to try to keep everything for ourselves. So when someone's greedy, they just want piles of cash and don't want to do anything with it. When you're smart, you'll build piles of cash, but that piles of cash is used for something. So if you have a look at the most successful businesses on the planet, they have huge back piles of cash, but they might only be three months of cash flow. And that's because if the economy swings or there are huge problems in the economy, then what will happen is that they will be able to go to those stores and use those stores to get through that three months while they change some of their business model, why they change some of their business plan. So most businesses, most good businesses normally have three to six months of available cash flow. And the reason why they do that is because it allows them to grow out of challenging times. Or if there are opportunities, they can use that cash flow to grow. They don't have an excess of cash flow. They have a purposeful amount of cash storage for a reason. When you have an excess of anything, you'll tend to lose it or you'll tend to destroy it. So even if you have an excess of food around you, you'll keep overeating. That's why you've got to be careful with how much you order when you go out to dinner because some people just naturally overeat because there's an excess of food. If there's an excess of alcohol, some people just overdrink. If there is an excess of money, people normally just have a lot of it. And this is where you see industries going through it. We've just gone through a stage of excess of cash flow in the building industry. And so you get all of these scammers that come in. You get all of these people with low qualification, low skill set that don't give a shit. They just get into the industry. They want to make money. They get in there. They take what they can. They essentially rape and pillage. And then they get out because the industry tightens up again. There's more rules, there's more laws, there's more regulation. And they're crap, so they just get out of the industry. But they've already destroyed part of that industry. And we're seeing it now in the building industry where there are some builders that are getting extremely challenged because they've used shitty labor. And that shitty labor has done a really poor job. And instead of making profit, now they've got to go back and fix all these fuck-ups and all these problems in their building sites because of just stupidity that happened. But that's because there was an excess of cash. People wanted to get in. The government overstimulated the marketplace. So you've got a whole bunch of people that jump in and buy houses. You get a whole bunch of builders that want to make a lot of money really, really quickly, which is understandable. They're business owners. 
Then you get a whole bunch of people who rush into that industry in order to either get a trade or work in the industry because there's excess cash there. And so you start getting really shitty jobs getting done. So this is quite normal. A lot of industries go through this over their career cycle. We've got it now in the coaching industry. You know, every second person I meet is a coach, a mindset coach, a relationship coach. You know, I've seen relationship coaches that haven't had relationships for 10 years. They don't even have relations with their own kids, yet they're now they're a relationship coach. You've got wealth coaches who have never had any money. You've got business coaches that have never run a business. You know, you just get a whole bunch of frauds entering into the industry because there's cash there. This is what happens in any industry when there's excess. Then you've got greed. So greed is normally called avarice. So if you see the word avarice, it normally means greed. Again, this is where someone has an overconsumption issue of something. Essentially, almost all of these are overindulgences. So greed's pretty obvious. It's where someone tries to stack everything on their side of the table and doesn't use value effectively. And then you've got vainglory, which is vanity. If you're over vain, now there's a balance point. So a lot of people think that when someone does something nice, like if someone looks after themselves, a lot of people think that that's vanity, but it's not vanity. If they are balanced about it and they realize that it takes effort and it takes sacrifice and it takes challenge, then it's not vanity. If someone is over vain, they over-exaggerate their vanity. And that is a lack of confidence. So when I see someone or I meet someone who is overconfident, that normally means that they're insecure on the inside and they're trying to wear a mask. So they've got a persona in order to then try and feel better about themselves. So if I meet someone who is overconfident or they over-exaggerate their wealth or they over-exaggerate how they feel about themselves, then I know that they are insecure. This is what I learned about a lot of people that I worked with in the bodybuilding industry or the sports model industry. When I was working with these people, they had some of the best bodies in the world. But a lot of them, when you speak to them over time, you realize that they are really insecure people on the inside. And they're afraid of what other people think a lot. This isn't everybody in that industry, but a lot of them were. And what they were doing was they were trying to create an external mask to deal with their internal insecurities. And so they became sort of vain. Everything that they did in life became around their body image and how they looked to everybody else. But that was because they wanted the acceptance of everybody else on the outside. That's similar to what vanity is. And so you'll see those people on social media who just post all the time pictures of themselves or pictures of their money or pictures of their wealth. And so that can be vanity. But that is also very, very hard to tell because, I mean, I've gone through this as well where a lot of you know I have a supercar. I guess I'm quite lucky in the lifestyle that I live. For some people, it's not really that great. For other people, it is. It depends on the amount of money you make. I think I live reasonably well, especially when I grew up in the lower socioeconomic area of Adelaide. My parents didn't have a lot of money. My parents couldn't afford basketball shoes. I think I've done all right financially and, you know, I'm not where I want to be. And I'm not where I'll, I'll end up, I can guarantee that. So I'm just working towards it, but I really enjoy the life that I have. I really enjoy the lifestyle and what I've created. I went through a stage where I didn't want to be one of those people who just show off everything. You know, I bought a supercar not to impress everybody else. I bought a supercar because I love that. And for me, it's inspiring. And I want to go out and inspire other people with that car. I don't really care whether people like me or don't like me because I'm going to get both of those two sides. And I know that. But what I found was that my social media team started using my car in a lot of my social media. And I said to them, can you back it off a little bit? And they said, well, when we use your car or when we use your lifestyle photos, what we find is that your engagement goes up quite dramatically. And it created this internal conflict because there was part of me that didn't want to come across as vain because I'm quite a chilled out dude. You know, right now I'm sitting in a rogue tracksuit top. I've got shorts on so I can be pretty casual. Sometimes I like to dress up. Sometimes I just like to be casual, but I do look after myself. I look after my body. I look after my skin. You know, I look after my mindset, my mental health. I look after my money. 
I try to look after my business to the best that I can until I get sideswiped by something and then I got to learn some lessons. So I don't want to come across as being vain. But on the other hand, my social media team kept pointing out to me that if we don't use that stuff to get out there, then all that happens is all the scammers, all the fraud artists, all the people out there who are full of shit use those same things in order to gain market share and then we get left behind. So people then go and learn off of these dodgy motherfuckers out there versus going and learning off us where I have a true care and a true want to want to help people. Hence why I've been in this industry for 20 years. Like I'm not the sort of person to just come in here, make a quick buck and get out. You know, I've seen people go from relationship coach to mindset coach to business coach to wealth creation coach and they're just, they're trying to figure it out and they don't know really what they want to do and who they are. Now they're a spiritual coach or a breathwork coach because that seems to be the new fad at the moment is breathwork and meditation or ice baths and so on. And nothing wrong with that. I think that it's great that more people in society are doing this and, and people becoming more aware of it. You know, I found out about Wim Hof, I think about six years ago and started doing some of his courses and stuff like that. And it's cool now to see so many people getting involved in ice baths and stuff like that. When I first started doing ice baths, Everyone thought I was fucking nuts because the only people who did them back in the day were professional athletes. I used to do them after events, especially Thrive Time. I would get the team to go and buy me big bags of ice and I'd just sit in ice baths like one or two o'clock in the morning after I'd finished just to try and help my muscles and also to just help mentally as well. I didn't want to come across as being vain, but at the same time, that's what the marketplace responded with. So it was very challenging. And I know that there are a lot of people who are listening to this podcast who are challenged by this because you might want to put more of your lifestyle out on social media, but you don't want to come across as vain. The market will dictate your value and marketing should be based on how you really perform, but also it's not. Things in marketing have to be over-exaggerated. I can do a whole bunch of stuff in different episodes. And what I mean by that is like, if you have a look at any advert, like you'll see people eating chocolate and they're all smiling and they're happy and they're getting along and they're all friends. They're showing you a small cross-section of what happens when you're with your friends and you eat a certain product. That's all that it is. They're not saying that friends argue and fight. They wouldn't put that in there because they don't want the association of people fighting and arguing over food. But if you think about it, like let's have a look at an alcohol ad. If you think about any advertisement for alcohol, like let's say it's champagne, you'll see people sitting around in a very prestigious wine region. It's sort of like a lifestyle shot. You see these people indulging and it's just a beautiful environment. And they do that because they're trying to associate indulgence with the alcohol. That's marketing. You might see people partying and they've got the streamers and the glow sticks and everything coming out of the champagne bottles with these big glasses and everyone's sitting around in a club in this exclusive area. So they're selling exclusivity. They're selling enjoyment. They're selling partying or prestige. That's what they're selling. They're not showing you that everyone's going to drink your alcohol and then fuck off and not give two shits about you. They're not going to show you the hangover in the morning. What they're showing you is a small subsection of what happens if you consume this product. And that's marketing. Now, if you understand what marketing is, then you've got to play that game. I never used to play that game and we just got trodden on. And that's why my social media numbers are quite low compared to some of my competitors. Because I just refused to play the game. I was a jerk. You know, I just didn't want to come across as being too wanky or too overindulgent or show too much of my lifestyle. I just wanted to add value, add value, add value. But what I found was our competitors came out and they played the game of marketing and they beat us. So it taught me a very valuable lesson. And that is that you've got to show that part of yourself and you've got to show those small, tiny segments of your lifestyle that make people want to be part of it. I'm still challenged with that because there's part of me that's a bit of a sloth where I can be a bit lazy. I can also just chill out at home and I might lie on the ground for half an hour in the middle of the day and just chill out, which I sometimes do on a very busy day. I'll just sit in my office, feet up on the couch, just lie here and I relax. Now, if someone walked in and took a snapshot of that, they can chuck it up online. It doesn't really bother me. 
But if I put that up every day, that that's what I did around lunchtime every day, it would be quite boring and no one would enjoy it. And maybe that's not the lifestyle that a lot of people think they want. So you've just got to be careful with how you play that game. And I'm not sure I have the answer for it. I know what works in the marketplace, but I'm not sure that I'm always comfortable with it as well. So I have my own challenges in expressing vanity on a part of myself because I know that that can also cause problems. And it can also cause a lot of criticism and judgment and that sort of stuff if you live a certain lifestyle. There are definitely people on social media that I have met. And when I've met them in person, you can tell that they are fucking vain. They have to overindulge in everything. They have to show you how successful they are, how happy they are all the time. And it's bullshit. You can see straight through it. So yeah, just be aware of that as well. So I'm going to go through some of these seven deadly sins. I haven't got them all here, but these are just some of them. So you've got hedonism, which is overindulgence. Sloth, which is laziness. You've got gluttony, which is excess. You have avarice, which is greed. And you've got vainglory, which is vanity. So I hope that helps. My goal, though, through this episode is to hopefully teach you or to hopefully help you understand that you do not want to chase pleasure. You want to chase inspiration. You've got to have an inspiring reason to get up in the morning. You've got to have a long-term mission. You've got to want to do something in your life because you've got to want to take on challenges. And if you don't take on challenges that inspire you, you take on challenges that make you desperate. If you're not chasing inspiration, you're going to chase pleasure. And when you chase pleasure, it's going to lead to pain. And when you're in pain, you're going to want more pleasure. And it's going to create these vicious cycles. So people who keep chasing money do so because they want to get out of pain. But then when they get out of pain and they've now got money, then they go get pleasure. And when they get pleasure, it leads back to pain again. It creates this vicious cycle. Most people who go to the gym go to the gym because they want the pleasure of a great body. But then they end up back in pain because when they achieve the goal, they go out and they overconsume again. They overindulge. They go back to that hedonistic lifestyle where they overeat. And now they're fat again and they feel like shit about themselves. And so they're back at the start point again. And most people don't realize that this is part of a vicious cycle. It's almost like dabbling food in front of a dog. They want the food. They're not going to sit around and wait for it. I think humans are consistently enticed to want to go and chase pleasure. And part of the awesomeness of what we teach is that if you learn how to keep your emotions in balance, you stop chasing pleasure, which then means it leads to pain. And you can actually live a really fulfilling and inspiring life, which is exactly why I teach what I teach at Thrive Time. Because I think that it's one of the greatest journeys that you'll ever find is finding what really fulfills you and going after that because you'll just keep growing. You know, I grow business because I love to grow business. I keep creating wealth because I love creating wealth. It gives me opportunities and it gives me amazing challenges as well that I can keep growing into. I keep building my profile so that I can go out there and meet amazing people. But the more people that grow as well, the more it comes with pain. But I want to keep going out there and influencing more and more people to go and live this great lifestyle or this, this awesome lifestyle of taking on amazing challenges and taking on the pressure and challenges of life, because that's how you're going to create the greatest amount of self-worth and self-belief and self-love, as I've gone through before. And also the byproduct of consistently chasing these seven deadly sins is that it leads to some of the other seven deadly sins, which is wrath. You'll see this come out in anger and frustration. So when people are angry all the time or they're always frustrated, it's because their reality doesn't meet their expectations. But what about if their expectations are fucked up in the first place? You're chasing something that is just not realistic. And now you're frustrated because you can't get there as fast as what you want. So you consistently find yourself getting angry and frustrated. I was exactly like this. When I was younger, I used to chase a lot of money because I thought that money was going to create freedom. And I was consistently angry with staff. I was angry with myself. I was angry with people around me. I'd get really frustrated and fucked off and snap and fly off the handle because I, I couldn't get to this dream lifestyle that I thought I wanted. But even when I got there, I wasn't happy and I wasn't fulfilled. So I realized that there was something more that I was chasing and it wasn't an easy life. Another thing that they talk about in the seven deadly sins 
is sorrow. And sorrow comes from sadness. So if you're sad because you're not getting what you want in life, that's normally because you're chasing the hedonism, the sloth, the gluttony, the avarice, or the vainglory, or the vanity. So you'll get these emotions as byproducts. So if you're someone who's listening to this right now, and you're consistently angry, frustrated, or you're in sorrow where you just feel down all the time and you're bummed out because you feel like you're not getting what you want and life's too hard, I would recommend getting your tickets to Thrive Time and getting your ass there because it will change your life. It will change the way you operate and it will pull you away from chasing pleasures. It will drive you into inspiration where you're inspired to do what you love to do in life and take on the challenges that you're born to take on. So anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I really do appreciate each and every one of you who have been rating and reviewing this podcast. Our numbers keep going up and up every week. I also have been getting messages from people who have said that someone that they know told them about the podcast. So I really do appreciate it. It was really cool on the weekend to have some people invited along to our business growth odyssey who I'd never met before. And they said that they'd started listening to the podcast and then they met someone who said you should come to one of Mojo's events and they rocked up there and they were loving it because they'd been listening to the podcast in the background. I didn't even know it. So, you know, it's just really, really cool the impact that this podcast is making. And I can't do it without each and every one of you in our community as well, sharing it, rating and reviewing the podcast, popping it up on Instagram and Facebook. So you all know who you are, and I really do appreciate it. I see it all the time. I see it pop up on my socials and things like that of people out there sharing it. So thank you to each and every one of you out there who are supporting this podcast and who are part of this awesome community of Driven Mofos who want to get out there and live an epic life. Thanks, Driven Mofos. Have a great day, and I look forward to you joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Take care and have a great day. (laughs) 